Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Dana Perino. I'm Brian Kilmeade. I'm Shannon Bream. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Friday, July 28th, 2023. I'm Alex Hogan. One Russian journalist is hoping to break down Russian justifications for the country's invasion of Ukraine. It's kind of undermining centuries of traditional Russian approach to Russian history. It could be very painful for for many Russians to, to read it. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. When Russia invaded Ukraine 17 months ago, one Russian journalist fled the country. After hearing Russian President Vladimir Putin's justification for what he called the special operation, Mikhail Zagar began writing a book about Russia, its history with Ukraine for hundreds of years, and the stories, the tales passed down from one generation to the next. He says it's his goal to shine a light on the current injustice fueled by false stories. So he's trying to help rewrite a more accurate narrative. The idea I, I love and that, that worries me a lot is that most of uh, history we know that uh, influenced our mindset is mythology. And it has been falsified by classical historians for many centuries. This is Mikhail Zagar, the author of War and Punishment. Probably that that applies to histories of different countries, of different empires. But my mission is to debunk Russian historical mythology because it's the brutal, the brutal one that brought us here to the, the worst war in the 21st century. So, so I, I want to, uh, to show how fake is um, our perception of Russian history. And actually, even, even the Western historians usually follow the same historical imperialist narrative of Moscow-centered Russian history. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm fighting against that imperialism and history. Yeah, and you yourself as a journalist, you also founded an independent TV news channel in Russia, which was shut down, and, and you've since fled Russia. Do you think that there will be a day when you go back? You know, that's the hardest question, probably. Because on February 24th, when the war the war broke out, that was quickly clear for me that I could not stand still stay in Russia because that's that was just some kind of moral obligation. You should you shouldn't live in, in Hitler's country. You shouldn't live in a fascist country. You should do your best to, to fight against that regime. I still hope that and I still believe that, that Russia is not doomed to be autocracy, to be a brutal dictatorship forever. But I know that it's gonna take a long time because it's not only about Putin. The point might go within um, months or years, 
But unfortunately, the sequences of Russian propaganda, of uh, Russian brainwashing, all that propaganda that was being created during the last centuries, is going to take a lot of time and a lot of work to debunk all those myths. And that's that's something I'm I'm trying to do. I'm in the beginning of my my way. So I hope that that my work would help to change perception for many Russians, and that one day will have totally different Russia, and I'd be able to, to come back there. Well, in your words of trying to debunk some of this Russian propaganda, have you had any feedback yet of friends or former colleagues of yours that might still be in Russia about how this book will be received there? All the people who, who have read an English version uh, are expecting a huge, a huge scandal, because what I'm doing is kind of undermining centuries of traditional Russian approach to Russian history. It could be very painful for, for many Russians to read it. The fact that I'm taking blame for this Russian culture and I'm, I'm taking responsibility and I'm, I'm claiming that, yes, Russian culture is also to blame for, for these brutalities, that fact would face a lot of criticism from Russians, not only in Russia, but from um, liberal activists and liberal journalists because yes for for many russians still our history and our culture is some kind of sacred cow and they are usually saying no 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 don't touch pushkin don't touch dostoevsky they are not to blame it's only putin's war i'm 100 sure that that's not true we we should confess we should admit that that russian culture has its own responsibility and only admitting that we have the possibility to move on so your book goes through the history of, of Russia, of Ukraine, the changes in Ukraine that it's seen starting in around the 1650s. And you break down some historical moments in the country, but you also tie them to moments in history and figures emerging around the world. So it draws a lot of interesting parallels for the reader. Was that an effort to make the book connect with people who've never been to Ukraine or never been to Russia? I hope that all those parallels would help international audience to, to understand how parallel was the, the historical process in, in different countries. And actually, I do believe that the context always helps people to understand how close are those historical characters. And actually, I, I'm trying to bring that, that history closer to, to show that actually all those heroes from 19th century or 17th century, they were not bronze monuments, they were not wax figures, they were pretty much human beings, they, they made the, their own mistakes, and the traditional history consists of stupidity as well, and, and it, it should be understood in, in that very simple way, and I think that the historical parallels between, for example, the best Ukrainian, the greatest Ukrainian poet, Rostovchenko, who was a serf, so he was a slave in Russia, and he was liberated. And at least in the beginning of your book, intertwined with historical moments, there's a lot of tales about the characters of that time, notably from writers and there's poets. And Ukraine has a deep love for its famous poets. There's statues of them around the country. Is that why you chose to write the book in this way? You no, know, it was very important for me to show how mythology affects our perception of our history. And that, that, that actually we, 
we are not speaking about the facts. We are speaking about our perception. We're we're speaking about the myths. And when we say that history repeats itself, uh, it's not really history. It's it's all in our mind. We we have certain stereotypes and we make parallels. It's uh, it doesn't mean that the there are some mystical laws of history and it really repeats itself no we, we create all those all those stereotypes all those archetypes all those images uh, in our minds so so that that's why it's it's really important to uncover how literature how, how history traditional poetry or mythology in uh, um, influences the current political situation uh, changes psychology of politicians or ordinary people I'm speaking with Russian-born journalist and author Mikhail Zigar. You'll hear more of his insight coming up next. The tales that are constantly passed down, of course, it's a game of telephone. Little by little, they get morphed into something entirely different. So it's an interesting juxtaposition, the tales that you detail, and then going back to the historical fact of what actually was taking place. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for example, the tale... Vladimir Putin loves to to repeat is that uh, there was no Ukraine before Vladimir Lenin, and it was Lenin, the, the founder of the uh, Soviet Union, was the person who invented Ukraine, and uh, he gave you uh, Ukrainians their territories, and he's always repeating it. It's, it sounds ridiculous, but people start believing it, although that's <laughs> there, there is nothing far from, from the truth uh, than this fact. It's not but again, fact. hearing that repeated over and over. From yeah. And for those who fiercely oppose the war, have you found many of them at this point, you know, more than a year and a half into it, comfortable talking out, even if it's just between loved ones and friends, or is there a fear internally that those words will come back to bite them? You know, I... I have a lot of friends who are crazy enough to stay in Russia and continue working as journalists. Probably you, you have heard of Nova Gazeta and uh, its um, editor-in-chief, uh, Mishin Murad, who was awarded with the uh, Nobel Peace Prize two years ago. And uh, about 50 journalists working for Nova Gazeta are still in Moscow, although they don't have a license and they are not considered to be journalists by Russian authorities. So they, they are just private citizens. They, they're just bloggers who, are, who can create their own websites, but not as journalists. And, but they, they, they continue working in Russia. They, they continue reporting. And they, they are not the only ones. They're, there are still people who, who live in Russia who are not silent, who, are, who continue writing and speaking. And it looks, it looks insane. It looks so so terribly brave that, that that I'm really I'm really frightened even now when I'm speaking about them because I I'm scared if my words if my praise for them might hurt them because uh, might attract a bit more attention from uh, from Russian authorities to them but yeah I know that there are people in Russia who are who are discussing it who are not that afraid who are probably very careless. At the same time, several friends of mine are now in jail, and not all of them are political activists. Not all of them are journalists. There are poets, there are actors, there are people who did not choose the path of resistance. They wanted to be decent people, 
and they they have become the victims of that authoritarian regime. Well, your work specifically speaks out against Russian President Vladimir Putin. You talk about your friends and your colleagues and their bravery. Do you ever worry about your own safety? You know, I, I've been working as, as a war correspondent for 10 years. I've been running Russia's uh, only independent news channel. I left Russia. So I, I'm not in a position to complain and I'm not in, in a position to to express any reservations about my security. Because actually, we all know that, that there are Ukrainians. There are, if, if there is anyone who suffers, if there is anyone who truly resists, and if, uh, if there are people who are taking real risks and uh, who are dying for their ideals and principles, these people are Ukrainians. So uh, while they are fighting, we have no moral right to to complain and or to to speak about our problems because no, no we don't have any, any problems. Mikhail Zagar is the author of War and Punishment, a book that came out just this week. Mikhail, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.